Are you looking to stay ahead of the curve in the latest trends in enterprise tech? Look no further than the Breaking Analysis Podcast with Dave Vellante. This data-driven program dives into the most important topics facing the enterprise tech industry today. With a data-first approach that leverages ETR's renowned surveys of IT decision makers and insight from the Cube community, Breaking Analysis delivers in-depth research on the most important topics facing technologists and IT buyers. Whether you're a business leader, an IT professional, investor, or just an avid follower of the industry, this podcast is a must-listen. Just search Breaking Analysis Podcast wherever you get your podcast and tune in today to stay ahead of the game in enterprise tech. Cloudcast Media presents, from the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina, this is The Cloudcast with Aaron Delb and Brian Gracely, bringing you the best of cloud computing from around the world. Good morning, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome back to The Cloudcast. We are coming to you live from the massive Cloudcast studios here in Raleigh, North Carolina. Hope everybody's doing well. It is uh, middle of July, 2023. We are, you know, kind of cruising through the year. It is hot, hot, hot everywhere. Uh, I've heard you know, a hundred and something in New York and a hundred and something in Florida. It's, you know, feels like 90 in North Carolina. It's probably hot where you are. So hopefully you are finding some ways to uh, get out of the heat, uh, stay cool. If you are uh, in a place that's warm, if you're in a place that's cool, enjoy it. Uh, you're probably like in the Southern hemisphere and it'll get hot sometime soon. So anyways, another Sunday perspective show. Hope everybody's doing well. And uh, today's show is going to be kind of a bunch of observations about things that are that are evolving kind of right in front of our eyes. I'm going to try not to make this into a, uh, a sort of old man yells at the cloud or, you know, old man just gives advice kind of thing. But uh, there is a certain amount of, again, a little bit of, of kind of advice giving because we are going to go through some stuff um, or we are in the middle of going through some stuff that is different in the last five, eight, 10 years. Um, you know, and I, and I think there's some some things to keep in mind when, you know, we go, oh, well, the economy goes up and down and certain things change. But like there are certain things that are changing, um, a bunch of things that are changing right now that people probably should be kind of conscious of, um, especially as it has to do with the type of work you do, um, how you work with colleagues and all those sort of things. So I really kind of want to dive into this idea that uh, a couple of things. One, um, a lot of power dynamics have changed recently. Um, you know, the cost of money, um, where people are working. Um, you know, we've always had people working sort of remote, but we're now in this kind of what feels like a second phase of remote working, right? There was maybe you were remote before the pandemic, then you were absolutely remote after the pandemic. And now, you know, there's this weird sort of like, well, they'd like you to come back, but you don't want to come back. Um, and and there's some power dynamics that go along with that. Uh, we're seeing the fragmentation of a whole bunch of social media channels. We're seeing the fragmentation of, uh, you know, or sort of the falling apart of certain kinds of media. And so that has some power dynamics in terms of how communications work and, you know, how you can get your message out. And then, you know, the other part of it is, is, you know, we're seeing obviously with interest rates being up, but more importantly, uh, especially in the tech industry, um, the VC industry is going through uh, kind of some painful times. And I don't say that uh, lightly or in a good way or in a bad way, uh, but obviously there's been a lot of dumb money in the market. And uh, we're going to dive in a little bit as to what it means when it's harder to get uh, money and uh, what it means in terms of ideas and so forth. So we're going to dig all, all of that uh, right after the break. Introducing G-Core Managed Kubernetes, the ultimate solution for streamlined Kubernetes management. Experience support for bare metal nodes and a robust 99.9 uptime SLA at no extra cost. Provision Kubernetes clusters effortlessly with a single click using their intuitive dashboard, API, or Terraform. Seamlessly integrate with G-Core external DNS and easily provision block volume storage for your requirements. And of course, stay up to date with the latest Kubernetes versions. Plus, they have an exclusive offer just for you. 
Click the G-Core link in the show notes and use promo code CLOUDCAST and receive 100 euro credit to try G-Core services today. That's promo code CLOUDCAST to receive 100 euro credit on your G-Core services today. Today's show is sponsored by Equinix. We all utilize multiple cloud providers, and we know they aren't built to work well together. Things get a whole lot more complex when your hybrid infrastructure needs to connect with your multi-cloud portfolio. Equinix is the world's digital infrastructure company, providing on-demand infrastructure in over 25 metros with hands-free provisioning and management, all connected to over 240 data centers and most major cloud providers. Equinix can help you deal with increasingly complex architectures, whether you want to run your favorite Kubernetes distribution or connect workloads between different cloud providers. To learn more, sign up at deploy.equinix.com and use the coupon code CLOUDCAST, C-L-O-U-D-C-A-S-T, to get $500 in credits to get started today. That's deploy.equinix.com and use the coupon code CLOUDCAST and get those first $500 in credits today. And we're back. And I'm, I'm going to kind of put the headline on, on this episode. I mentioned, you know, I just kind of threw out some things at the top of the show. They probably didn't seem like they meant anything. Um, they weren't terribly well organized. So it was kind of a bad opening. So I apologize for that. But I, I think what we're going to see, uh, and I'll, we'll walk, I'll walk through why I think this is the case. But the bottom line is the expectations of higher quality of work, of ideas, of execution uh, are going to rise significantly over the next couple of years. And so what I mean by that is the things that you do, the things that you're trying to get out into the world, whether it's something you create or a message you're trying to create or how you go about communicating things or how you collaborate with people or just, you know, kind of different aspects of your business, uh, the expectations of it being better, the quality of it being better and bad ideas kind of, um, you know, there being a more rigorous uh a more rigorous uh, effort to to kind of weed out bad ideas is, is going to happen. So let me kind of walk through why I think that's the case and why I'll come back towards the end to sort of talk about why as you're doing whatever job you're doing, um, you probably ought to be thinking about, you know, am I doing it at a high enough quality or am I just kind of doing doing what I'm doing? Um, so let me, let me go through this. So I want to put this in a little bit of context. So when uh, when I went back and got my MBA, and again, may not be relevant to anybody, but I went back to school, um, was, was sort of sort of mid career, if you will. Well, I went back and got my MBA, and one of the things I do remember happening because when I went back, it was two thousand eight, two thousand nine. We were going through the housing bubble, sort of the financial crash that happened. So there was a lot of very interesting stuff. We sort of started when the markets were fine or frothy, and then the crash happened, and so you had a lot of people who were you know kind of freaking out as as the rest of the world did. But I remember one of the things uh, one of my professors said he was a little older he was probably 60 ish um, so probably somebody who was somewhere somewhere near retirement but it you know accomplished a lot of things and I remember him distinctly saying I have never worked harder uh, than I than I am right now because he had sort of recognized that when the markets were going through some tough times there was a lot of processes of weeding out you know, just mediocre work. There wasn't necessarily going to be uh, as many easy projects out there. There wasn't going to be as much easy money sort of flowing into different systems. Um, and people were going to have higher expectations of when they spent uh, certain money. And so I do distinctly remember him saying, and it seemed sort of weird at the time because I was like, you know, you're basically a tenured professor. You're probably doing a certain amount of consulting and so on and so forth. And he said, I am, I am not only pushing myself harder than I ever have before to learn new things, to learn kind of what's possible and coming out of these things. 
but uh, I am I'm working harder than ever because the expectations of what I need to do um, are higher than ever. And again, this was 15 years ago, but it really was sort of the last time we had kind of a big economic uh, disruptive event. And again, we've talked for a bunch over the last six months or so, you know, about the disruption that's gone on over the last couple of years, but really kind of the the fallout of it beginning to be much more visible over the last six to nine months or so. And so, you know, as I sort of start making a list of things that triggered me to start thinking, okay, um, you know, you got to go back to that quote from your professor. So, you know, we had this sort of unicorn boom, uh, you know, every technology company that was getting funding was getting funded a billion dollars. So you had literally hundreds and hundreds of quote unquote unicorns. You had some, you know, five acorns, you had some decacorns and so forth. Um, but a lot of that money was in anywhere from 2020 to 2022. Um, a lot of those companies probably aren't making the numbers that were expected based on, say, their earlier rounds of growth. Um, we've heard, you know, we've heard kind of stories of that going on. Uh, we're beginning to see VC funding becoming much harder to reach uh, and, and obtain. Mm-hmm. I threw some things in the show notes. But you're going to see sort of a reckoning for that come towards the end of this year, uh, mid part of 2024, where you know, those companies uh, are going to be burning through money, uh, weren't necessarily making as much as they had projected in, you know, 2020, 2021, those types of things. That kind of goes back to the thing that we've talked about a bunch of times, right? Like you walk around the KubeCon floor and you're seeing 10 of 10 companies in every category, right? So every one of those companies, uh, some will survive, some won't, but even the ones that survive are going to have to get considerably better, not just to break it away in their market segment, but to be anywhere near being able to do an exit, right? So if you're in the startup space, um, things are going to get tougher over the next, next, if they're not already getting tougher over the next six to nine months or so in terms of both, can you find market fit? Have you figured out a go-to-market path? Um, are you differentiating yourself from the other 10 plus competitors in your space? And are you growing revenue at a point where you're either bring you money back into the coffers. You're not burning through tons and tons of money or you're making yourself viable as maybe an acquisition. All right. So again, the the people that are building new ideas, but built them during a time when there were, you know, 10 other companies that were being funded, right? They weren't necessarily having to weed out the best, this uh, technology or that technology. They're going to have to get significantly better. We're seeing uh, higher interest rates. Um, uh, you know, we've seen inflation come down in some parts of the world, but not other parts of the world. But obviously, we've seen higher inflation rates. We've talked about that a million times. That means that companies are going to have higher internal hurdle rates. And we talked about that uh, on a show, I don't know, maybe a few months ago, a month ago, or two months ago. Like we talked about this idea of internal rate of return, internal hurdle rates, essentially, you know, why, you know, companies are going to invest money, but they need a certain return back from that money. When interest rates go higher, their required return rate goes higher. So what that means is the projects they're looking for are not only going to be, you know, important because they save money or whatever, but they're going to be looking for great projects and they're going to be looking for sort of great projects that somehow have less risk. So again, you're going to need to sharpen your pencil. You're going to need to have to make, you know, tell a better story when you're asking for money. You're going to have to have better uh, homework done as to what you think the market's going to do or what you think the technology is going to do or why this is better strategy. Um, you're going to have to be better at that. Now, beyond products having to be more, uh, more appealing, better, better execution, if you will. You know, we start talking about, you know, how, 
how are we communicating messages about technology, whether it's, you know, you're trying to be a DevRel person and you're talking about what you're doing or, you know, you're a marketing organization for some company and you're trying to get your message out there. Um, you know, we're seeing a couple of very weird things happen, right? We're seeing the bifurcation of the media, which we've seen for a long time now, you know, very, very hard left or very hard right. Being in the middle is very tough to get your message out because there's not a whole lot of people there covering the middle. They're tending to cover politically left and right, but then also, you know, kind of in any given part of an industry, sort of hard left or hard right. You know, the, the middle is sort of evaporating or there's not as many people there covering that. And then we look at social media channels, right? You look at, um, you know, Twitter used to be a very viable way to uh, make a name for yourself. It was a very viable way to get your message out there to kind of spark conversation. You know, there's now, what, four or five variations of Twitter that people are all trying to figure out. And a lot of them are seeing these new ones. And not only do they not love the format of them for various reasons, you know, Macedon or Blue Sky or even a Threads or whatever, but they're oftentimes having to start over, right? You're not able to bring your 10,000 followers, your 20,000 followers, your 50,000 followers with you to these new platforms. And what you're going to have to figure out is, you know, maybe you were able to kind of gain them over the last couple of years or five or six years or whatever, just because you were part of, you were vocal in some community. Maybe it was, you know, Java and Spring or Kubernetes or serverless or, you know, AWS or whatever it was. Uh, But when you're starting over from scratch, you're going to have to be better. You're going to have to be more creative. You're going to have to find ways to not just do what you've done over the past four or five, six years, but you're going to have to go, what are the new trends? Do we have to also be on TikTok? Do we also have to be on Instagram? Do we need to be doing more stuff? Is video, do we have to figure out ways to tell our message in one minute or 30 seconds or, you know, in, you know, visual form as opposed to text form or audio form? Um, You're going to have to be significantly better because when those, those, communication channels, social channels, communication channels, the media as a whole either isn't where it was before or it doesn't have time for your nonsense, um, you're going to have to be better. It doesn't mean you necessarily have to you know, be inventing some amazing thing all the time. You are going to have to be doing some of that, but you're going to have to rethink how you communicate things, right? The old ways aren't necessarily going to work anymore. The next area I think is going to be really interesting. Um, you know, and I saw some of this at a previous job, um, but we're seeing this with a bunch of companies, right? We're seeing sort of the post pandemic figure out what are we going to do, right? Are we going back to the office? We've seen a number of companies, big companies who have been demanding people go back to the office. Uh, they're going through all sorts of sort of negotiation with their workforce of like, well, please come in four days, please come in three days, please come in two days. Here's the incentive we'll give you. And you've created, you know, and it, it was only a couple of years, you know, like oh, the pandemic was two or three years. And that doesn't seem like a long time in the big picture of things, but you've created a number of things. Anybody who is new out of school, all they know is work from home, right? Um, you've got, you know, kind of that, Gen Z, I'm going to get all the generations wrong, which you've got that, you know, 25 to 32 range who has sort of done this, but also, you know, have been given the flexibility to work from home. Um, you've got folks who have been like, well, I'm old enough to be middle manager or, you know, kind of moving up in that sense. But, you know, I, I'm used to sort of commanding the room or, you know, driving what I've been doing you know, with seeing my people in person and I know how to do work when it's in certain time zones, but man, when we start getting into all sorts of time zones, I don't know what to do. So we're not only seeing this mix and match of work from home, don't work from home. That's not well-defined. Um, we're also seeing 
what feels like two or three-ish, maybe three and a half sort of generational ways of thinking about work and the importance of work, uh, how you represent yourself on video or how you represent yourself in collaboration. That is, it's just making it more challenging, right? It's, it's one thing to be in one location. It's another thing to all be of the same generation and speak the same way and communicate the same way. What we've done is we've fragmented that collaboration in both ways, the location, the medium at which it was being used, the way that people collaborate, the way that they speak about stuff, the way that they expect certain stuff done. Um, and you're getting this sort of, you know, blending of the generations, the blending of the locations that is, um, you know, making it more challenging. And so, you know, not complaining about it, but you're going to have to figure out how to be better at this because, again, when you've got to build better products, you've got to communicate better about what you're doing. Uh, you've got to be able to do things that, you know, have better returns than maybe they did before. And then most of these projects that you're working on, whether they're internal projects or external facing projects or whatever, are going to be collaborative in one way, shape, or form. Um, you're going to have to figure out uh, through all these various channels and various sort of generational ways of doing things, how do you do that really, really well? Um, so, you know, I think a lot of that uh, has to be sort of worked out. A lot of that's being figured out. It's being challenging. Um, and then, you know, you have the stuff that we've talked about, uh, you know, a few times in the show, right? AI is coming along. Um, AI is going to create a new level of commodity tasks, right? It's not going to replace everything. We don't have to go through that. It's all sort of like freak out. But just like with any new technology, you're going to have a new bottom layer of things that get commoditized, right? And A, you're going to have to figure out how to take advantage of that because it's going to help you from a productivity perspective, a uh, efficiency perspective. But then you're going to have to figure out, like start baselining, like what what is that new commodity that AI creates? What can I do that's great above and beyond that? And then finally, the last thing is, depending on what you sell in your market, goods, services, whatever it is, um, you know, if your customers are still struggling economically, um, they, you know, you would think, okay, yeah, so we've seen a lot of pricing go up because of the, because of inflation and sometimes people are kind of in a pinch. But if you are, you know, not selling a product that people are completely dependent upon, you know, gasoline, food, right? Consumer staples, whatever that might be. But if you're selling something that has alternatives or, you know, they're like, well, you know, maybe we'll, maybe we'll use this. Maybe we won't, maybe we'll extend the contract. Maybe we won't, um, you know, they begin to have a little more pricing power. And so you're going to have to figure out, um, you know, again, how to be better at servicing your customers, whether it's with goods or services, because you have to really kind of understand the power dynamics that have changed a little bit over the last couple of years. So you kind of add all this stuff up, uh, where money's coming from, um, you know, where interest rates are, what the expectations are at certain things, uh, how communication channels have fragmented, um, you know, how collaboration is sort of fragmenting, um, you know, where AI is going to sort of take some of the commodity, commoditize some of the bottom layer of, of whatever you do. And then the dynamics of, of yourself with your customers is changing. So, um, you know, as you're thinking about what you do, uh, whatever your job might be, um, you know, kind of keep a bunch of those things in mind. I think you're going to start finding that the expectations of people um, are that you're going to be have to be better at what you do. Um, maybe in some cases, significantly better, some cases, demonstrably better, and start thinking about, you know, how are you going to represent that you're doing things better than you were last month or six months ago, right? Um, because not only 
do you want to show things are better? And sometimes there's data that proves you're doing things better, but you want to be able to communicate your own story that you're doing something better, uh, that you're, you're taking it to another level. And again, I think it's understanding the context of the broader pieces around you from a economic perspective, a societal perspective, a collaboration perspective, a communication perspective, understanding all those things are changing, fragmenting, going through some re kind of rejiggering of what the rules mean and what's good and bad. Um, you know, something to, something to think about. So anyways, with that, I'm going to kind of wrap it up. Um, you know, a lot, uh, a lot to think about, um, somewhat abstract. Uh, but I think, you know, I go back to that quote from my professor, right? Um, when, when, economies and systems go through change um, and you're not exactly sure what's going to happen on the other end of those systems, the best thing you can do is sort of double down in terms of, um, you know, how hard you're working on stuff, but most importantly, double down on really challenging yourself to say, you know, am I going to create things that are better than I was doing before? Because with the rules being sort of uncertain coming out of things and, and things changing, you want to be on the up, uh, kind of on the upswing, uh, the upslope of that, as opposed to going. Well, I'm sure we'll just kind of go back to normal afterwards, because almost every time the systems don't go back to previous normal, they go back to some new, new something. And what you want to be able to do is have a really good grasp of <clears throat> what does that excellence look like. So with that, I'll wrap it up. Um, sort of a short show this week, uh, but you know, um, something that I think. Uh, you know, it's worth, worth thinking about, uh, worth thinking about the big context of it. I didn't go into kind of any specific role, company, industry in specific, but I think, I think this stuff applies horizontally across the board. So anyways, with that, uh, I want to wrap it up. Thank you all for listening. As always, um, uh, we got a few really, really interesting shows to finish up July and then we'll start getting into to August. I know people will be taking some vacation and, uh, you know, we'll try and get you some longer shows that uh, will help with that as well. But, uh, thank you all for listening. Thanks for telling a friend. Um, you know, it's been a, a great first half of the year. Uh, more more listeners this year than we did last year so thank you all for that and we'll wrap it up and we'll talk to you next week thank you for listening to the cloudcast please visit thecloudcast.net to find more shows show notes videos and everything social media 